When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Alright guys, welcome to another Big Six review. We did this for Liverpool, we've done it for United, so we thought we should do it for Tottenham because I am getting battered at the moment in the comments for not supporting Tottenham enough. So I brought as strong a lineup as we could together. We've got Dan from the Evening Standard, we've got Flav from the Fighting Cock, Hunter, who is our sort of starting CM now in, in the 90 Min office, yeah. um, and I'm Hainsey. Check out everyone's social channels, I'll put them in the description so you can find them. We're going to run through basically what's happened to Tottenham from since Madrid, really, and get through to where we are now and see where people sit on Mourinho, see where people sit on Pochettino and, and where the club's going to go forward. Um, just out of interest, who was in Madrid? Were you in Madrid? I wasn't there. You I were. Was, yeah. You yeah. got a caravan there. I drove there in a motorhome with uh, two Liverpool fans, Tony oh. Evans and his other friend. Oh, you did Tony. that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony, I think Tony was working for us at the time. He, yeah, so we did that. Oh, brilliant. That was I good. That was you. Brilliant. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Did me you drive James, back in the motorhome? Yeah, me, James Moore, Tony oh. and Tony, yeah. I'd, I'd gone straight from Baku, so the high of watching Arsenal losing Baku to then the, the low of 23 seconds. Um, whereabouts are you, mate? Where are you watching it? Uh, I'll watch the, we do find cock socials, so we get people together. Oh my god, yeah, so Jack, Tetrunk. Yes. He, he, he said that it was absolutely like the, the semi-final, or the yeah, cock was absolutely it was great. I was, uh, yeah, I was in, uh, I'm, we, we, do, we did them for every round, basically, but it was, uh, it's the best place to watch Spurs if you're not, not there, basically. It's just, but it's, we get, there's no other supporters of any other club, we're just in a room, about 400 Spurs fans. 400? It, it, well, for the Arsenal game, there was about 450, yeah, it, it goes, it, it absolutely goes off, it's, it's, it's incredible. But I'd rather have been in Madrid. Sort of. Like, <laughs> with hindsight, I'm kind of glad I didn't. But yeah, there was there was some, there was some madness going. You know, people getting over there. My brothers flew to Lisbon and then got a coach across, like a nine-hour coach journey. It's like I wasn't confident either, so I was, I was like, I'm not really. Am I going to go over there for to, to see us get slapped? But um, yeah, in hindsight, you know, it's, uh, it's it's one of those things. I think we didn't play well enough on on the night and Liverpool defended well. Were you? I remember you was you were someone else saying that they were. I've noticed it was. Jack Hussey, Tetrug, yeah. he was saying that he was confident. He said that he felt that Spurs were going to do it. No, I was. You were well, still very much. It. Wait, no, I was. I was in dreamland for my uh, Ajax still, yeah, right. and absolutely living off that. The, the buzz of that was carrying me right through. But driving thirty hours down to Madrid with two Liverpool fans who had been to every Liverpool final since I can't remember nineteen eighties, uh, they were just like, "No, we're going to win this one, lads." Last last time we we balls it up, but this time it was ours. Like. The confidence they had was was bizarre, but clearly, you know, it's it, kind was, of horrible, it wasn't misplaced. Wasn't yeah, yeah. Dan, you had a slightly different sort of experience, right? Because when you're 
in the kind of mindset of, right, I've got to get this done, I've got to get this workout, I've got to write this piece, you don't allow yourself to get caught up as much, I suppose, in the kind of hubbub uh, of the atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't celebrate in, in the press. Well, I had nothing to celebrate in the press, <laughs> but I, I don't generally. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was there for work, so I was in the press box. Um, it was, yeah, it was a strange one because in in Madrid, in the build-up was genuinely brilliant. Mm. Like I thought, the I went to the Spurs fan zone just to kind of look around, and all, all the legends came out on stage. And, and but it, the atmosphere was was great, and I thought the atmosphere in the city was great, and obviously all the Spurs fans were loving it, as were Liverpool fans. And I just thought the penalty just killed everything. Like it killed the game as a contest. It killed both teams' ambitions, even Liverpool's ambition really to to go forward. It killed the atmosphere in the stadium. Uh, there wasn't alcohol, so everyone kind of sobered up gradually in the heat, and it was just oh God, and it, it just that. it just yeah. really was such a shame that that happened because um, I thought it was a pretty well balanced final, um, or it could have been. Mm. Um, but once you know, once that decision was given, it, it almost felt like um, that was that. It was almost like someone <coughs> siphoned the energy out of what was a which should have been a really mm. exciting contest. But I suppose we have done this kind of. All Spurs fans have done this a million times over and kind of done the autopsy in every what way which that they they can. When we come away from that, and then you look into the summer, were you guys optimistic when you saw the signing of Ndombele? That was quite quick. That I mean, it felt like Spurs needed something to kind of like go, hang on, shot a life. I think with, with hindsight, I, I would say no, I wasn't right. excited. Uh, but at the time when Ndombele signed and. And having reached the final, I thought maybe that that would galvanise us. But you couldn't you couldn't disguise the form in the league, which had been horrendous. And like it, this was the very definition of papering over the cracks. That that Champions League run, there was still so much wrong at Tottenham. And I think we were all in a little bit of denial. Well, I was certainly. I knew something was wrong. I loved Poch, so I didn't want to admit it. But the fact is, you, the evidence was on the pitch. And the run to the final was. Lucky in, in some ways, you know, we should have been you can out. Say it. You can I, say I don't it. want to say it, but but, it, but, it's, but it's true, you know. We Lorente did handball, uh, and uh, yeah. you know, we did score, score with the last kick of the game, and 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 all of that's great. You need luck to win Champions Leagues, right, or get to the final. But it kind of felt like that handball in the in in the, 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 no, the Sissoko handball in the oh, final right, was so. like that's kind of karma. <laughs> we had a lot of Hail Marys go away right we? right so this, this he's going to get one back ultimately but um yeah I was I was I was re- I was over the moon and, and Dombele and that's like from someone who you know three months earlier had never heard of him to be honest I saw that game against City when he played for is it Leon but yeah he was, I was I was I was excited and then the Celsius came as well and and yeah I thought I thought this is the these are the signings we needed to galvanise this squad because it was very empty. Um, you know, we hadn't signed anyone for like five hundred days or whatever it was. Yeah, it had got a little bit flat towards the end of the season, hadn't it? If you take Champions League aside, I think it it got flat after during February. It had fallen off. The like we were saying before, the Fulham game was sort of the last time. Well, it was the last time we'd won away that season, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah, just an awful run into the back end of the season, papered over by the fact that the Champions League run was bizarre, but like high energy. It really it galvanised the fans. The City game, you know, like he's talking about luck. Yeah, that last minute, it's a handball by the UEFA rules. It's a handball off of Llorente, and then Aguero getting given offside with 30 seconds left. You know, we we got our luck. 
but it did paper over what was a really poor enter season. We got really lucky as well because Arsenal just managed to be worse than us. They should have. They should have. They should have taken fourth of, off yeah. us. But absolutely should have. I yeah. mean, no, I think no one really. Dan's probably better placed than, than all of us to talk about this. But it felt like there was, there was looking back, something was really wrong. Like Pochettino had lost it. Uh, the players seemed to be not playing for him, and um, and no one wanted to really admit it. And it, in hindsight, I think Pochettino should have probably been sacked earlier than he than he, he was. I think that, yeah, there was an element of that. Like after the, over the summer, I was, I was at the Women's World Cup with, with you, so I was kind of switched off from Spurs for for most of that month. But the from what I was hearing, it wasn't particularly positive. And then as soon as I got to Asia for pre-season, you could kind of tell something was wrong because... Really? It, well, po- well, just from, from what Poch was saying publicly in his press conferences mm. about not really uh, being in charge of transfers and then that kind of escalated when he said in uh, Munich before or after the Audi Cup game that he, they should change his job title because he, he wasn't the manager anymore. He was just a head coach and he didn't have a say of the transfers. And I think there was always an element of kind of mind games with Poch and... Know, putting the pressure on Levy a little bit, or at least trying to. Um, but it was about the strongest had gone in five and a half years. Mm. So you could tell that there was there was problems, and you could tell that, that Lee, Levy and Pochettino weren't seeing eye to eye on recruitment, and Poch more or less admitted that before he went several <coughs> times. Um, Our so recruitment had been really quite poor, hadn't it? Yeah, and, I mean, and, I th- and during Pochettino's reign. I think, I think... The, to get on to Ndombele and Lacelso and, and, and Cessna, I think the recruitment this summer was, was excellent. Me too, like yeah. Really, really good. And, and Bergwijn looks another good signing. Haven't seen enough of Jensen yet. But it looks like Spurs are starting to make the kind of signings um, that I think everyone can get on board with. You know, young, really promising, um, you know, fitting well with the team, kind of modern players. And I, the summer of 2018 just, just killed everything. Yeah. Not, make, not making any signings. Yeah. And, and I think that was... A massive bugbear that Pochettino, you know, found it really hard to, to get over ultimately, and um, it hamstrung him as well. So yeah, yeah, it, it forget did. how and difficult it was to, to, to navigate that team through that build of the stadium with no signings. All you know made, made made Pochettino's job very difficult. What what might have happened if we had strength from that squad? If we'd have put two million, two hundred million pound into the into the first team, and maybe left the stadium for another five ten years, mm. we'd have probably won the league that year in against Leicester. But the stadium offers a chance of sustained success in the future. Yeah. Not guaranteed, but it gives us a better foothold in the future. I think after the, I think a lot what some people, myself included, are guilty of forgetting is that we, after not making any signings, there was a World Cup, and we had several large injuries at the beginning of the campaign, and then sort of continuing throughout. So by the end of last season, our team was, you know, down to the bones and knackered. So we were running on empty in the league and it looked like we were putting everything into the Champions League. So I'm not sure how much we can, I don't know, put that on potch, basically. And a lot of the players that the club wanted to sell uh, were in the World Cup semi-finals in the last week. Then went on holiday. There was just no time to sell them. The transfer window ended sooner. Um, I know that wasn't quite the point you're making, but no, it, no, no. It, it was. But it's a painful rebuild thing yeah, as well, right? There, there were a lot of circumstances that, that just hamstrung the club in that summer, and I think you're right. By the end of last season, Spurs were really, really kind of paying the price for, yeah, for that set of circumstances, um, including making no signings at all, which mm. is kind of unprecedented. I think it's a really interesting sort of amalgamation of points in that um, it feels to me looking. Back, that just something which has been eked away bit 
by bit by bit. And it was like death by a thousand cuts. You know, no one could really put a finger on where things were going wrong. And then suddenly you turn around and go, oh my God, everything's wrong. Mm. Like mm. nothing is going right at the moment. And we were going into games at the beginning of the season. And, and I was thinking like, what's happened to us? Like, where are we? I can't quite place it. And even when we, so when we went behind against Newcastle, when we went behind against Aston Villa, mm. and you were like, D -d -d we've lost urgency. There's no pace in the team. We're not mm. pressing anymore. The, the forward line looks kind of quite mm. sluggish and lethargic and there seemed to be a lack of identity and ideas in, mm. in the final third. And then I guess that's why you sort of get to that point where you turn around and go, oh, maybe Pochettino could have gone sooner. Yeah. Oh, see, I, for me, I was clinging on for dear life. Like I, I'd sort of, I was so all in on Pochettino that I was prepared to listen to the idea of him being able to turn it around. We know, like, sorry, sorry, I was going to say, it, 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 it's like that quote about going bankrupt. It's like it happened suddenly... Uh, gradually, then suddenly, and yes. it felt like that. It felt like gradually Spurs were, were, were declining, and then suddenly, at you know, some point in spring or or even at the back end of last season, you you just thought, well, hold on a minute. You know, Dyer's not nearly the same player he was. Yeah. Mariano's not nearly the same player. Vertonghen's not. Rose isn't. Well, you know, Walker and Dembélé have gone. This is just nowhere near. You know, it suddenly became obvious that there was so much to do. And it was nowhere near the team that, that was so good for, for those couple of years. Mm. I think also that it was hard to admit that or, or accept that Pochettino had to go because we know what a wonderful manager he is. We know what he did for Spurs and how he transformed us from being a really shoddy, mediocre, weak-minded outfit <laughs> full of players that didn't really, but that, that were only serving their own agenda, mm. who were bombed out by Pochettino. Uh, some some of those fans were po um, players were popular with the fans. Um, and, and he re rebuilt the club, so we understand that now he's going to go to Man United or whoever he goes to, and he's going to do incredibly well, and he may well win something one day, right? But the, the, the idea of knowing or coming to terms of knowing that we had to leave that, let that go, let what Pochettino uh, had achieved and, and what he will go on to achieve with other clubs and, and just sort of almost sort of say, he's got to go, but we know how good he is, that's hard to, hard to process. And when you talk to other fans, like we do a fair few interviews and previews of other fans, and all of them, all of them, like, to a man, say, why did you let Poch go? And the answer is because it would fall, it'd all fallen apart in front of our eyes, but we didn't want to admit it. But I think there's an argument that he deserved more time. Yeah. I, I was, he he, he, I he was, never had a chance. Broken, though, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, but just for, he wanted a... a re I think it's very tough to sack the person that predicted what would happen. Yeah, this is and, and, and it said this is going to happen. You mm. know, it wasn't like Pochettino didn't see that, didn't see it coming. That would be worrying if he, you know, after the if after the uh, Leicester season, I think no, it was after the season after the Leicester mm. season. He said, you know, we we the club needs to, to rebuild. Mm. Um, so it wasn't as if he was just happy and thinking, oh, we're getting top four. That's enough. So I, I think it was. A, a bit, you know. There's a case that he deserved a chance to try and push through that rebuild. He didn't really have a chance to play with Lacelso and Dombele. I don't think Sassignon played for him, or if he did, it was like five minutes. So, so yeah. really, the, the, the new players he did get, he didn't have a chance to use at all. So he was just working with the same old tools that he'd been working with for, for five and a half years. Yeah, basically. definitely. So I, I do think there's. I understand your point entirely, but I think there's a case that oh, well, he could have been. This season could almost have been written off, but. Ultimately, I think, rightly or wrongly, and probably rightly, Levy wasn't prepared to write off this season and, mm. and kind of let him start again. Yeah, he makes the hard decisions at the end of the day. He <coughs> felt like, you know, if you read, if you know, if you believe what you read about Poch after the Champions League final, it wasn't just 
disappointment, it was heartbreak. Mm. Mm. And the question is whether he had it in him to, to rebuild Spurs. Yeah. And that's that I think that's where the argument comes in that Levy would say, well, I don't think he had it in, in him and I had to make the call. Yeah. So there's definitely an argument for both sides. But I personally, I'd say I think I sort of agree with that. I think I think he'd built up enough credit if we're going to keep uh, credit in the bank to at least be given the opportunity. But it's a cutthroat industry and Danny Levy, look, look we're now what, a point off fourth and we play them next week. So Does anyone have enough credit in the bank? ever in football now to have a season where they're just where it's just written off I think I mean it's a tough one to say but Pep Guardiola is not having his best season ever at City right I mean I know they're still they could win a treble but uh, mm. but he's he's built up enough credit to to say that even if they didn't win anything this year he's not going to get fired and he'd, he'd be given the opportunity in the summer to go out and bring in the players that he wanted to I think I think you you do but up you have to get the results. You have to show you deserve that's it. That's the only, only thing that's really, really important. Yeah, exactly. Like, and for so long, Spurs... Sorry, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, you're, you're right in that Poch, for everything he did and all the brilliance, we were, we, we were still maybe. And we were still... We were there in the semis and we were there in the finals, but we didn't win anything, did we? Just to go back to your point, can you remember a, a point where you thought, do you know what, this is done? Because I'm, I'm, I'm sort of halfway house in that I could feel that something wasn't right, but I was also prepared to kind of just see where it went. Well, when when I, when I knew it was done, you mean Pochettino? Yeah. Yeah, when, when Pochettino, when I knew it, knew it, like it would have been, it was obviously 3-0 to Brighton this Oof. season, which was the worst display of, I've ever seen by a Spurs team. And you've ever. had a Bayern Munich game. Do we, well, but you could, but that, that's the thing, the Bayern Munich game, I was like, well, they are really good, and they did score with every shot, and like it was just one of those nights where everything went in for them. The Brighton game was something else. We were completely dominated. Yeah, uh, scary. It was, it was, it was worrying. You're like, how bad is this season going to go? Yeah. And it was the, I mean, I, he sh like that. There was no defender. There was ten, ten, ten goals conceded in two games, and one of those teams were Brighton. When we're supposed to be have aspirations towards the. It was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. I was so depressed after that. I remember when the third goal went in, I just looked at the sofa and I looked at my missus. And bearing in mind, my living, my livelihood comes from, from Spurs, right? I, I, I create content around our, our football club. Uh, and then knowing that I had to do a week's worth of content, and you as well, Dan, to be fair, at least you're like professional it's with it. Something to, something to write about for me. So <laughs> right. I, I, don't, right. I don't mind it too much. Right. Take, yeah. take that hat off. <laughs> Four four hours, pretty much four or five hours of content that week, just about how bad Spurs are, and I love the club. Like it's, and that was all Pochettino's fault. That's why he had to go. That's quite an interesting uh, <laughs> angle to have to take it from because when I'm, when Spurs have a bad game like that, I don't want anything to do with football. Like I literally want nothing. Nor to, do I. Sort of watching <laughs> watching match of the day. No. I literally will just avoid Tottenham's yeah. bit. I'll be I'll, I'll, I'll I, watch some other crap and then I'll try and find something to distract. I wouldn't me. even buy a newspaper back in the day. I wouldn't buy a newspaper at four days in case I saw the the word Tottenham. Just <laughs> like just the standard is free though. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great plug. <laughs> Dan, obviously, I, I wouldn't read a single word you wrote after, right. after, after, after <laughs> yeah, a Spurs. Fair enough. Uh, after Could a Spurs loss. Gold as well. <laughs> but, but what did you make of that of that Brighton? Uh, yeah, the Brighton game was was really dismal and was that the game Lloris was badly injured yeah. and it just In felt one yeah it just felt very very dark um, generally the atmosphere afterwards was properly sour uh, there's a 
weird press conference room at Brighton. You might have been, it's almost like a glass room and yeah. you can see it. And I was standing in the mix zone outside and I could see Pochettino uh, doing his press conference. And you could just see without hearing anything that body language was, was bad. Um, I actually thought Bayern, I remember tweeting during Bayern saying this has a bit of an end of days feel. I remember that um, tweet. Yeah, God, I, I just... I remember at the time being like, no. It was <laughs> probably, it was, I felt like afterwards, or maybe that was a bit explosive and you've got to be careful you know, on Twitter uh, not to be too dramatic. But you know, when a team, yes, everything went in for them, but when a team just kind of gives up at the end of the game and that's when you, you, you kind of know that there's something badly wrong and they aren't really fighting for, for the manager or the mm. shirt. Uh, anymore, albeit I do think there were elements of that game that were properly freakish. Mm -hmm. Let, let's fast forward to when uh, he gets sacked or when he leaves because for me it still feels like there's a lot of subtext that we haven't been privy to around what actually happened in that space of time because it was such a weird uh, week and a half. Everyone goes on the international break and then instead of it happening at the beginning of the international break, it happens right at the end. Did you get the impression that it was essentially a case of, well, now if, Marie, if Mourinho's sort of done, we, well, we can, move Can I almost. just jump of in course, there? Of course, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think I've got it on fairly good authority that Mourinho did meet with Arsenal, even though he said he didn't. Mm. So I, I think the timing of that uh, appointment was probably a lot to do with Levy getting wind of the fact that Arsenal were likely to need a new manager soon. Everton would need a new manager soon. And knowing that Mourinho wanted to come back to the Premier League. Mm. And, and it seems pretty clear to me that Pochettino was sacked to appoint Mourinho um, when he was. So I suspect that was the thing behind it. I don't know that, but that, that, would, that would make sense to me, given that, it, as you said, it came in the second week of the international break, seemingly quite strangely timed. And it, it, w it was a real weird sort of turning point, wasn't it? We all had to suddenly just recalibrate like overnight. Yeah, it was bizarre. Just the the fact that they had teed it up for six was it six in the morning? The Mourinho announcement. Yeah, I mean, remember? it, so it, it was everything got wind the night before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was pretty much done. Like, yeah. the night yeah. before. And so waking up with the news that it happened was a bit, you know, it was a, it was it was a bit like waking up. <laughs> it was a bit like Brexit. I was waking up and finding out it had happened Shit. for me. Yeah. Anyway, it hit me. I was a bit like, oh my God, how has that happened so quickly? <laughs> no way. Um, but, you know, how do, how do not you, as bad. How do, you, not, how, do, how, do you approach, how do you appoint a manager like, I'm not saying you're wrong, obviously you're mm. much more, you know, your ears on the ground more than I do, but how do you appoint a manager in Mourinho and an entire backroom staff from, an, from a French football club in the space of a couple of days or being so reactive. Surely this is, in my head, mm. the only plausible explanation would be that this has been the conversation between Tottenham and Mourinho for a while. That's, that's the, I don't, I don't Yeah, know. I mean, I don't want to say anything that makes it look as if Spurs tapped up Mourinho while Potts was still there, because I, I, I haven't heard that at all. But, but I, 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 think, I think, obviously, agents play a massive part in the game now, and clubs have intermediaries, essentially agents working yeah. for them, mm. and so y you, can, you can broker a deal of between middlemen very quickly and have have the you know they, they know what so and so would offer yeah. they know what so and so would accept and so you, you can have the framework of a deal kind of thrashed out with people um, you know extremely quickly now mm. um, so I, I suspect you know that there were a lot of talks behind the scenes but that doesn't mean that you know Levy was on the phone to, <laughs> to Mourinho at the beginning of the season you know can I'm, can I'm sure that just wasn't true can I ask a question what if if the alternative was that we kept Poch and Arsenal got Mourinho Mm. Would you have rather that scenario than us 
uh, you know, pipping Arsenal to the post somewhat and I've taking Mourinho and, you know, Arsenal now end up with... I'll be honest, when, when I heard Arsenal were linked with Mourinho, I was like, go for it. I was really? like, I'd like, I'd like to see... I'd like to see that scenario where they get Ars- where Arsenal get Mourinho. I was I was vying for if we lose Poch, I wanted who we're going to be playing tomorrow night. So Flav, I get the impression Nag- that you oh, would have hated me. that scenario. Yes. Kind of loaded. But I'm just I'm just curious. Like like we've been stuck with a manager where things have gone stale. Arsenal would have got serial winner Mourinho. Would have gone on to win things probably, and and we would have been exactly where we were. Um, so like I'm. I have the minute Mourinho was appointed, I was over the moon, and and this is weird because as I've said many times, every time I talk about this, I have to caveat with the fact that I love Poch, right? Mm. It's almost mandatory, isn't got it? it? Got <laughs> the two things are se- they are yeah. separate though. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, and, and 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 basically that feeling of, of excitement and hope for the future that, that we might actually win something hasn't hasn't left hasn't left. It's, I've still got it. I understand things aren't right at Spurs. But we were 14th in the league when he took over. We're second only to Liverpool in points of mass since he's, he's been in the job. It, it's been chaotic at times and it hasn't been convincing all, all the time. But we have played. We're being. We're playing exciting football mostly since Carry Kane's been injured. Been forced to play it on the ground. The football's good in parts, certainly going forward. And the, and and this is a, a kind of fix-it job. From the, from the start, as soon as he gets in there, so we've got we've got something to hold on to this season where we we hadn't previously. So why why wouldn't everyone be excited about that? I, I, don't, think, I don't know what. I think it's quite difficult to unpack because you're not just asking people to unpack the football side of things. You're asking them to sort of like package away in the loft everything that they absolutely love in their room. You're redecorating <laughs> the whole thing, and all your favourite stuff is coming off the mantelpiece, yeah. and you're slinging it to the back, never, never to be seen again. And I think that's part of the problem is that like yeah, lots of people have trouble letting go of like in a, they're not. You're not asking them to let go of the back end of last season. You're asking them to let go of the last season at White Hart I'm Lane. Not, like, I'm not no, asking no, them. No, sorry, but, but, they can hold on to but, all of it. But, 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 but I, I suppose the, the idea that you would have to then go in and be like. All in a Mourinho on some level makes Tottenham fans to, feel to like they have to kind of part yeah. ways to with jump the fact in. That it's over. I mean, Fla- Flavs, you've painted a fairly rosy picture of Mourinho, and you know, just to play devil's advocate, I think there are understandable reservations about him given what happened at United and, yeah. and second spell at Chelsea. And, mm-hmm. I, and you know, I, I'm been kind of pleasantly surprised by um, the last couple of months. Um, I'm Kind of sort of firmly glass half full where it comes to Mourinho at the moment, but I think I can totally understand given his history, given the kind of character he is, and, and given the last two jobs, why people were like this is a regressive step, and and we've and you know the club has. You know, when, when you say his history, do you want to just delve a little bit into like what un- unpack that a little in terms of are you Not talking really. about how he <laughs> um, how he has left clubs or is it more about yeah I mean look, tone th- th- it's no secret that Mourinho has a real boom and bust pattern you know almost every club he's been at um, with the exception of Porto essentially and that's complete opposite of what Spurs were building under Pochettino which was a project um, he's obviously got. You know, history with Chelsea. He's very much associated with them, which some Spurs fans would find uncomfortable. And the last two jobs he did really suggested that he was out of touch with the modern game and that he you know, wasn't able to to compete with the likes of Klopp and Pochettino himself and Guardiola. Um, it seems to me, having said that, that he's adapting adapting quite impressively and that he's actually 
trying to modernise and change. And I think a big part of taking the Spurs job is about kind of rebranding himself in a way or changing his image. Um, and I think so far it's, it's, you know, he's doing a decent job at it. But that, that's, I'm playing devil's advocate and saying that's why, that's what no, people, appreciate you. Know, a lot of Spurs fans would have said. I'm fully aware and I'm absolutely certain that this is all going to go tits up. <laughs> I, I know that. It's sort of some weird kind of self-inflicted right. sort of joy in that, though, isn't it? This is what's going to happen, right? Is we're going to win an FA Cup, right? We'll win something, which is his job. His only reason he's here is because every single club he's ever been to, he's won something, right? He's going to come to Tottenham and, and we're going to win something, God willing. And if we don't, it's the most Spursy thing ever, and it? It's the only football club he's not managed to win something with. But if we win something, if he does his job and if things go to plan, he wins something next season, maybe FA Cup this season. Uh, next year we, we have a decent tilt at the title, but maybe finish third or whatever. And then it all goes tits up, and then we get Nogglesman. That, that's what's right. Going. Okay, and then we go back to I've said I'd love. I think you have to give him a full summer. I think you have to give any manager a full summer with a squad to, to actually see what, what they want to do. And I'm, I'm more intrigued to see what, what he allows Sacramento to do in the attack in the attacking third, and he can concentrate on the defence. Mm. But a question maybe you'll know, Dan. Do you know how much Sacramento has been involved in sort of training? Not really. I think Mourinho is is really hands-on in the sessions, so he'll he'll do a lot of it himself. But I think he's... I think it's quite... Sacramento's kind of a pretty important figure. that Mm. He has got a lot of um, coverage, uh, but it's significant, I think, that Mourinho didn't try and hire Rui Faria, who I think is out of work at the moment. Um, He could have done... But that suggests to me that suggests to me he is trying to modernise and Absolutely, he is trying yeah, to yeah. change his image um, with a kind of young, um, more progressive coach. Um, albeit apparently Sacramento is is similarly kind of a, a conservative coach. Because yeah. um, this was your concern, wasn't well, he's it? A, well, this I know that Sacramento like lived and breathed Mourinho. He loved him before before meeting up <laughs> with him, and he apparently once told him when he was a young younger man that he would I'd work for you one day. So he's got his he's got his dream, but my yeah. So my problem was, like Dan had said, the last two jobs he looked like he was regressing and he was falling out of what the the modern game was. But Sacramento to me now says he's willing to bring in someone who understands the modern attacking game. Mourinho, I don't think there's any problem if he can get the defence playing like he had Chelsea and United playing in the earlier stages of of their of his career there. I don't have any problem with that at all. There, there, there's pretty good ev- evidence that top top managers have kind of 10 12 year cycles yeah um and obviously there are exceptions and one of them's fergie but one thing fergie did really well was change his assistant all the time and mm. you know mclaren mike phelan um the carlos Quiroz, you know guys who were really top coaches who could basically modernize his training sessions while mm. he did the man management side and he did the kind of overseeing side um so if Mourinho c- can do that and yeah let a top coach um you know, shape the team while well, well, he makes you know, the, the big calls, then you know, that, that would suggest to me that you know, it could be quite encouraging. Yeah. There's a, like a, an interesting uh, philosophy versus results argument, I think. And one of the things that I've always struggled with is that I'm, uh, we speak to Chelsea fans, United fans, City fans that are just addicted now to wanting to win stuff. Like it just, they just need trophies, I don't know how it's done. Yeah. 
Whereas I think I, I'd sort of really bought into the idea that they're like the, and it's a very Spursy thing to do because we're not used to winning all the time. But I'd bought into the whole idea that the journey was actually like a lot more important than just the result. Um, and now I'm feeling like in a, in a bit of a tug of war. Like whereas I, if you've, well, Mourinho's a manager, so you can't have that other thing. You've got to have the results now. If we, if we, if, we, if we're yeah. selling our soul, if we're selling what it is to be Spurs, then we need something back. We need an FA Cup. We need a. a and league, is that enough top. for you? It's enough in in the in the short term because it's been we've won three trophies in three decades, and two of them don't count because the League Cup gives us shit. So, <laughs> so it, essentially, we've won one trophy in thirty years. It's not it, for a club our size. The amount of money we generate, we need something in re in return. And, we, and I'm happy, and I get the journey's important, right? It's so important because the journey with Pochettino is incredible. But and you, I, sorry to interrupt, but you speak for the fan base much more, much more than, than I do. But I think, don't you think that the run to the Champions League final kind of justified that journey over trophy thing? Like, that was surely more special for Spurs fans, the run, or with losing in Madrid, than it would have been to lift a with League cup, cup or even an FA Cup? Much, much more, much yeah. more. But, but, but. but it's like, how do you get over that line? The journey was incredible, mm. but we can't go to Arsenal this, this this season and sing Champions of Europe. You'll never sing that. That, yeah, yeah. if we had that, if we could ram that down their throats, <laughs> yeah. that, that, yeah. that, that, that would be it. We can't say, we had a great journey, you'll never sing that, because they, yeah. they've done it, yeah. they've got there. We didn't we didn't make that step, because we, we've, we've usurped them, right? We're better than them, um, and you know, hopefully, uh, Arteta isn't like the second coming, but 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 by and large, Spurs are a bigger club than Arsenal. We make more money, got a bigger stadium, got a better stadium, better squad, better, better manager. Like that, Spurs are a bigger club than Arsenal. Like, no one denies that anymore. You do need that checkbox, though, don't you? You we need that we final sort of getting over the line and just. The only thing left is to, to do something that they haven't done, and we had the opportunity to do it. I think if Mourinho would have been manager, we'd have probably won that final. And and if you so just to sort of come back at that point a little bit if you now say that in 18 months time it would have been fairly unattractive but we're sitting here having won FA Cup maybe mm -hmm. having perhaps won a League Cup and made our way back into top four are you then happy to forego the kind of any, any of the playing style I think that I said before to you that um, FA Cup and League Cup are all well and good but for me, top four is the absolute priority. And I know that sounds like a, a Wengerism, if you will. But like, in, just in terms of being a big club, if you don't make the Champions League, you can't be considered in the European elite. You miss out on so much revenue. It's damaging. to You look at what's happened to Arsenal in the last three years, missing out on the Champions League. You, you know, they're, they're struggling financially because of that. And they're struggling to bring in the players they want to because of that. We have to get top four. I would love... A League Cup. I would love an FA Cup. I don't care which one it is. I'd I'd love to win something now. So I guess if he gets top four, he wins something. It's completely justified. I've got no problem with it. What do you reckon, Dan? Where do you sit on that? We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Um, Very well navigated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't I can't say whether it's a good call at the moment. I mean, uh, more in the sense of it, so you're going to almost every single game. Yeah, and it must. Uh, I, I suppose you're looking at it to to create content and to write. So, whether the, the, there needs to be a story one way or the other, but in terms of the experience, would you rather now go on this kind of? I'm not going to call it a journey, but would you rather see Spurs go and win an FA Cup, for example, and not have that same sort of feeling of like this is going to be a really great watch? Um, I see what you mean. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, look, I'm sorry to, to be boring, but like I try and put my sort of journalist hat on. You know, I, I am a Spurs fan, um, but you know, I don't look at it that way, really. Sure. I, I think I think at the moment, like, th there's um, there's real like enjoyment in the games. Like, they are they are chaotic, but the foot you couldn't really say that the football's been great, could you? Um, but there was, yeah, look, there, there was great football under Pochettino, but. It, yeah, you know, as Flav says, it ultimately didn't get the club over the line. Um, so if there's to be a period of poorer football under Mourinho, but Spurs win a trophy, then then I'll then I'll be all for that. And I think it would be, you know, it would be interesting given the club's history, given that there is this Tottenham way, and that the fans, you know, allegedly demand a certain style of play. It would be interesting to see, um, you know, whether people would accept a, a stodgily one trophy and I, and I personally um, think they <laughs> definitely would <laughs> 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 what is, what is this football hasn't been that bad like I get it I know I, I know it, ha it hasn't been bad and that's the thing I think he's, I think Mourinho's really the, the interesting one was the Liverpool game because he, he got a lot of criticism for that game from sort of certain sections of the media and he, and he justified it afterwards by saying you know I had to be pragmatic and I think he Got it nearly spot on. Yeah. Personally, I yeah. think that the criticism was massively overblown. We could have um, won it. They're two really good. Yeah, I mean, if, if you'd have said yeah, to I anyone, uh, your Spurs are one 0 down, and the Celso has a chance from five yards yeah. in the 88th minute, or whatever, would you take that? I think everyone would have said, "Yeah, yeah, we'll take that <laughs> scenario." Yeah. Now. Afterwards, felt mm. like, and I, I do agree that some of it was unfair in terms of it felt personally geared a lot of it. Well, I think there's um, a massive gender against him. But it's created by his attitude, yeah, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. But anyone who loves football, anyone who's really into football, who's like a tactician, hates him. Like yeah, they're, sure. They're just, they just think it's, you know. Uh, and I think w what it was, is it was a real wake-up call that people perhaps weren't quite ready for. That that, that, it, that was Mourinho saying, we are nowhere near as good as Liverpool and we're going to have to play this style of football to try and combat that. And, and I think a lot of sections of the media were, were quite ready to be like, well, hang on a second, because six months ago at Anfield, Spurs dominate the second half against Liverpool and should really have gone on and, and, and won the game there with, with a lot of the ball. And I just don't think they were ready to cede the ground and, and say like, OK, like Mourinho's mm. now saying, wake up. I think we're, a lot of it was quite a mentality away. thing, there wasn't it? I think Spurs were Champions League finalists, what, six months before that game. And I think the, the criticism came from the fact that they set up like a They're bottom half FA team. Cup team. Yeah, like, 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 yeah, or like a, a, a small club trying to take a draw. But the fact is, we're not just talking about a good Premier League team. We're talking about a generational Premier League team, maybe the greatest ever. Probably. So, and, and you're talking about a Spurs team that's desperately short of confidence and two of their Two or three we'd of their best players. So ten goals in two games, like about, yeah. about six, eight weeks yeah, before. So I, like, I totally, the best I totally got it. Team in Europe. What, um, what does the future look like in terms of Mourinho? You know, what would you like to see the the kind of star become? I thought so that that really is a tough question because what I'd like to see the star become, what I know the star will become, are going to be two completely different things. Like I said before, if you see the pragmatism of Mourinho mixed with the the potential of Sacramento, I think you could actually find quite an, a, a nice, attractive brand of f football that I think you'd find all of the fan base getting on board with. Uh, you have to appreciate that in the bigger games, Mourinho is going to do what Mourinho does. And I think over time, people like the Man City game, ever, that was justified and we could have lost that game, right? But he, pl he played in, in a style that we know that he does. And, and I think 
what we as fans have to understand is that that's how he's going to set up in the bigger games. And when we're not going to go toe-to-toe with many people in those bigger games. I but think the, the unspoken sort of thing at the moment is whether the Kane and Sissoko injuries could prove to be massive blessings in disguise in, in the long run. Hmm. Um, I think in the case of Kane, Mourinho early on was playing very direct football, using him to win headers, to hold the ball up. And he just can't do that. And the fact that Spurs didn't sign a striker has contributed to that. And he's having to adapt and play a different brand of football with Son, Lucas and Bergwijn. And I think it could be a kind of more modern style. Similarly with Sissoko, Poch and Mourinho are both kind of very reliant on him. He covers so much ground, he's so reliable. Mm. But already I like the look of that midfield more without Sissoko there. But also... Uh, Delhi, Winks, potentially, and Dombele and, and Jedson as well. And it looks like a more kind of modern technical midfield than it would with Sissoko. So I just wonder whether, you know, it's big losses and he keeps banging on about them. <laughs> but I just wonder whether at the start of next season, you know, when they're back, I suppose could be playing a kind of more progressive type of football um, than they would be if, if they'd been fit yeah. for the whole year. That's a good yeah. Are you kind of all, well, in any way in on the Winks, Lo Celso and Don Bele yeah, as a three? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think what, what's, what's, what is exciting, and, and I completely agree with what Dan just said, um, we were playing direct with Kane, but we've been forced to, to use our, our more, more technical players, and Bergwijn was brought in as, again, a similar sort of, he carries the ball well, breaks the, uh, the final third at, at will. And um, you know, obviously, we've only seen two two games from him, but you know, he's he's working in in the Netherlands as well. Would suggest that this is the kind of player he is. So we have got like Lacelso and Dumble, uh, who are great on the ball. Winks is very comfortable on the ball. Lovely when he's playing really well. Uh, metronomic style midfielder who um, controls the tempo and and gets Spurs going. If those are our front three, and we and we can play a sort of four three three system, uh, sorry, our midfield three, um, then. Then, then the only st- way we can play is is kind of exciting on on the floor type of football, uh, but Sissoko and, and Kane don't lend themselves necessarily. Well, K- Kane definitely, but Sissoko's more blustery. I don't want to. S- I love him again. He, he was great. Well, we, we 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 he he was you know in part he had a massive role in that rot that mm. run to the to the final, and to going from what he was to what he become, you can't help but love him. But he isn't the future. He, 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 and, and the future is Lascelles. A new long-term contract. He deserved it. Like, yeah, yeah, like, he even did. If he never no, no one deserved it more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the, the 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 thing is, is this Mourinho? I can't Mourinho. You know, in terms of what we want for the future and and and, and the style of play is is Mourinho, as we've seen throughout his career, as a short-term manager. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens now. Is we have to win something. We've 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 gone balls out for this manager. He's he has to deliver because eventually we have to go back to that identity driven football and uh, you know there are a couple of managers out there in Europe that could bring that back but it was the right thing to do Mourinho win something now I think that's the crux of it so I just said sort of over the last I don't know weeks so I've, I've sort of really turned the corner and I'm kind of all in I'm just like right let's see where this goes the like seats. let's just see we'll see what happens we don't and have I've to analyse everything just, yeah. let's just wait and see well, and also like we, we were just saying off, off air I'm, I'm I'm going into games now thinking I don't really care what happens as long as we win mm. and we are winning. Like we are finding a way to win games. And even mm. when it feels like we're out of control of it, I always kind of feel like we might just 
do something. Unbeaten in seven. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of strange, isn't it, at being in that position? Yeah, absolutely. You know, th- I mean, I think this is sort of, if you if you want to give Mourinho a cut, this is what Mourinho does. He wins games at all costs. It might not be the prettiest thing in the world. Some games haven't. So the last couple of games, there's definitely, you're seeing, you're seeing more better attacking play, which was, the defence is still a bit of a mess, but, you know, that's that'll come, hopefully. Um, I, I also feel like something that Mourinho sort of does is he sort of lulls you into that thing of, oh, I don't care anymore, I just want to win. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. want to win, which is, is good. And I think it will unite the fan base in this sort of feeling of, well, let's just win something. And right. like you said, maybe in the next few years, because it won't be long term, we all know how it ends. In the next few years, we'll go back to trying it out with someone else. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of with you. I'm, I'm coming around to it. Final question. When we get to the summer, what would you like to see happen with the squad? I think Spurs have got to continue rebuilding in the same vein. As I said earlier, I think Ndombele, Lo Celso, Bergwijn and Sessegnon are all really good signings. Mm. Um, can't really fault what, what the club's done there. I think over the last few seasons, it's no secret that they've massively missed the boat on a few players. Grealish being the <laughs> oh, obvious okay. one. James Madison, uh, another one. Yeah. Uh, and he's just got to go back to that model that was so successful and that Pochettino was... Um, it has to be said, Pochettino was not in favour of, of, of you know, gambling on these young players from the Championship and from Europe um, who can you know, ultimately develop into top, top players. And I think they've obviously got to chip out a few, you know, the obvious ones first, Wanyama, Rose, um, possibly Eric Dyer, sadly, and continue what they're doing. And I think if they do that, then it's... Yeah, fa- fairly exciting because um, there's, there's certainly the basis of, of a good squad there again. Um, it, it feels like um, already feels a lot more promising than it did um, you know, in the in the latter days in the death throes of Pochettino. I think. Mm. I think. Um, I think obviously getting some players out really really important. Wanyama Dyer. He's done. Um, sort of, kind of feels quite grim having to say that about Dyer, doesn't it? It's sort um, of like, cause, cause uh, yeah, kind of. But he's been shit. So, I, what is time to, <laughs> it's time to go? Yeah, well, look, I, uh, he was my favourite player two, two or three years ago. But now it's like he's actually becoming a bit of a pain it, to, 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 to watch him. It's like you know what I remember. It's like sentiment is great, and you should be sentimental. Like I'm sentimental about Sissoko because, but but ultimately you got to deliver at this level. You're in the top one percentile of anybody who's ever played football, and if you can't do it, then you've got to move clubs, and that's just that's just it. So Dyer's got to go, and then but then you think actually at the start of the season you think fullbacks. It's got to be fullbacks. We've got to, we've got to replace our fullbacks. But Ben Davies plays that role really well that he's been asked to, which is kind of just sit back, uh, just play play your football. Uh, slot into a free, which he's done at Wales with a plum. So if he can stay fit, I think we've got our left back situation pretty much solved. And then obviously Oriere has been an absolute revelation. Don't get me wrong, he's he's nuts. Like you can create. Oh, God, I feel like we're going to do. I half think half revelations half. a bit far, right. but <laughs> well, look how bad he was. He was a nightmare before, and now he's like actually this guy could do it for us. I think. Do you think? I, well, I, put, I put a tweet out last night saying who's our player of the season. And about sixty percent said Oriere. But so. I think that's a testament to how like. Disjointed. I, d- I did that a few weeks ago as well, and it was before Son. I think it's just about Son now, but mm-hmm. before that it was. I think Lacelso's going to make a, a late play. For Lacelso, it as well. I think, think Lacelso will end up taking it at the end of the season if he carries on playing that role where he sort of 
the driving force in the midfield that I don't think there's anyone else who can get near to him. You don't think Aurier's the answer? I right don't back. think the Aurier's the, the answer because I don't think he's particularly good going forward and I think he's defensively an absolute nightmare. <laughs> and if we play a team where he's going to have to be... The fact is, when we played the bigger crazy, teams, yeah. we've, we've had to put another defender but behind him to do his defending. The double right you back. Can't, you, you can't <laughs> do that. That's actually for, mental. That's not, a, that's not a, a <laughs> fix to a, a right back. I, a I understand. Right. I agree. <laughs> played that against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Two right right I understand what you're saying. When, when you say revelation, I understand that he, the position that he's been allowed to play allows him to move into that position and get the assist that he has. Mm. One ball in 15 from him is, is perfect. Is that enough? And I did ask the question, would Trippier in this system... Would Tripper in this system have more assist than him? I think definitely. If you, because if, the team seems to have been engineered to give uh, Aurier the, the freedom in the final third. Yeah, if, if Mourinho can build an entire team around Aurier, <laughs> surely he knows what he's doing, right? But no, no. I don't, so I'm just saying, I'd, I'd like to see if we're if we're talking about the same shit. I think there's an obvious fix in Max Aaron, yeah. even as an understudy to mm. Aurier for for a year. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And then and then uh, I I still think, and I know we probably missed the boat, and we have to accept that we could have bought him for 20, 25 million or whatever it was. Now we have to go back for Grealish. We, we have I think to. We could have got him at six million. I think we had the opportunity at six million. The talk, the talk to, to was find. yeah that Daniel Levy went back in for a, a cheaper deal, but you, you, know, you never know. Who really did he offer as the as the make? Josh Onuma was discussed. Yeah, three million plus Josh Onuma. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so, but if you go in now, it's, it's going to be closer to sixty. Just get it done. Just get it done. The kid is incredible. Yeah. He's better than Madison. He should be starting for England yeah. and at Tottenham he would just flourish that that's that's all I want and and uh, and I want a CDM as well someone to replace Dyer maybe in DD someone uh, who can he'll go for the Big money though, right? Well, yeah, Didi's yeah. again a six but million it's, it's pound. The idea, pay, isn't it? pay it, just pay yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Spurs the... need to find the kind of next. And, and That's what. So, but, 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 but that, is, that does that fit with Mourinho? Like under Nagelsmann, yeah. But with Mourinho, he's going to just want the fix. But this is. Well, well, I mean, I, he, well, we're going to get into a whole. I was going <laughs> to say, danger. Spurs can't do that. In the summer, we'll find out. This, this, this is where the 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 relationship will be tested between Mourinho and Tottenham because we've never been the team who've gone out and spent. 150 million on on two. I know we. <laughs> I'm talking. We bought mm. Mbappe and Lacelso, but to do it two summers running would be a real. But, uh, I mean, statement absolutely. But I just don't know if the club. I, would go I, for I, it I hang hanging everything on 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 a, a single statement that that Daniel Levy made, which was, we we sorted the training ground, we built the stadium. Now it's the squad. If I what I, what I like to think of that's investing heavily. That's speculating. It's mm. not going to happen, is it? That I'm just telling <laughs> you. <them. laughs> I'm sort of like Speculate I want to believe everything that is, I want to but, believe that that is, in a that way, is actually the way. In a way, what's what 20, 27 million Bergwijn, Lacelso will be 45, 50 million, 62 on Dumbele. That's that's our lay. That's yeah, speculation. Yeah, I think Sessegnon is a really good signing for the future as well. I think it like making that signing is not about making a signing mm. sort of bit that will slot in immediately. I think he's got a, a really high Definitely. ceiling. I, I think it's just about whether he, he gets the, the panic or not, and suddenly. He, he turns around and goes, wow, I've spent crazy money here. I need to see a return. Um, right, that's all we've got time for. I hope you enjoyed. We broke down a million things and it feels like we could have gone on for another two hours and broke down a million more. Um, drop us some comments. We'll do this again at the back end of the season. Let us know what your thoughts were on everything we discussed. If you want to follow the guys, I'll leave links in the description. Everyone is a great follow on Twitter, so make sure you get on that. Subscribe if you haven't already, and we'll see you next time. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.